Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi guys, this isn't a regular episode of Missed Apex Podcast. This is a little preview YouTube video thing we do with our friends over at Sports Book Review. We've ripped off the audio and put it on the feed. So do give us your feedback and tell us what you think of this. This is where we help you lay down some pennies for the Canadian Grand Prix. Please gamble responsibly. And enjoy the next 25 minutes of us pretending to be gambling experts. There's a little bit of dodgy audio at the beginning because Matt and I were struggling to get to grips with using the Google Hangout. But it does settle down after a couple of minutes. So hang out. And after that, there will be a couple of minutes of audio, a teaser, if you will, of Jake Sanson's interview with Murray Walker that will appear in full on Pitboard on Wednesday night. Okay, guys, over to the boys at Sportsbook Review. Welcome to the sports book review of the Canadian Grand Prix. Hi, I'm Richard Spanners Ready of Missed Apex Podcast. I'm joined by my regular co-host and host of e-radio show, Matt Trumpets. Forgive us, his video is not working today. We don't know why. We're here to give you a preview of the Canadian Formula One Grand Prix taking place this Sunday. Let's see if we can help you lay down your cash on some smart bets this weekend. Matt and I host a regular live stream and podcast on Sundays after the race at 8pm UK time on the Missed Apex YouTube channel. But this weekend, you selfish North Americans are making us stay up late, making us adhere to Canadian time. So we should be streaming around 10pm UK time just after you've finished your dinner. So Matt, Monaco was a big upset in the last race from a betting point of view, with Lewis Hamilton having an absolute nightmare in qualifying. Yeah, it was really a disaster for him. Yellow flags in particular kept him out of Q3, which might have seen him much closer to the front. And it had big championship implications as well, the extra loss of points to Vettel. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, at Monaco, it's the worst place to have a bad qualifying performance because really you suffer. He started in 13th place and in the end, getting up to 7th was a fairly heroic effort. Yeah, and it was it was primarily due to strategy. I don't believe he passed a single driver on course. And Monaco is well known for being impossible to pass. And with the wider cars, it was it was truly brutal from that point of view. I mean, nowhere did we see how hard to pass it is in Monaco than Jensen Button getting very frustrated behind the Sauber of Pascal Wehrlein and kind of giving us a Wehrlein easy over into the uh, barrier there at the seafront. Yes, yes. Two into one does not work. Uh, it, it was it was due to the penalty which uh, in which Pascal passed him in the pits and forced him to slow. He was stuck behind for the entire race with poor Jensen. And best of all, for those of you counting grid penalties, he does eventually have a three-spot grid penalty coming if he ever races again. Which he's unlikely to. So with Lewis Hamilton, the second-place driver in the championship, out of contention, what we saw at Ferrari is what some people are calling the clear hailing of a number one in Ferrari. Everyone's saying that Ferrari have declared Sebastian Vettel is their number one driver and that's who they're going to favour for the rest of the season. Well, it would certainly fit with uh, past practice at Ferrari. We have seen them, when the championship was close, favor the driver with the numerical points. And certainly when Schumacher drove for them, he was the driver that everyone else drove for. It was never a question. But the events in Monaco are still open to a bit of interpretation. And it was very interesting, the pace of Kimi coming into his first pit was such that that he really gave Vettel the opportunity to pass them on track. Okay, Matt, I'm just going to get you to turn your noise gate down a little bit because I think that you are fading in and out. But yeah, while you're doing that, I'll just explain to the guys who don't know about number one and number two drivers in Formula One. Now, normally you'd say, yes, Formula One is a team sport, but at the end of the day, all the drivers want to be the world champion. So at a team like Mercedes, where they had... Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton, both now world champions, they said, there is no number one driver. We are just going to let you race. It was easy for them to do that because they were absolutely dominating the championship and they were out ahead. This year, they might not have that luxury. And with Ferrari having declared pretty much, not in words, because there's a media blackout, but by the fact that they seem to be handing Sebastian Vettel the best strategies... That means that Sebastian Vettel has that advantage where his team favours him and Lewis Hamilton, Matt, doesn't because he's still, on paper, battling Valtteri Bottas. Well, he's still battling him on paper, but it's, it's, the Mercedes drivers are going to be more likely to take points off of each other. But thus far, we haven't really seen a close-run contest. Usually when Valtteri takes the points off Lewis, it's because Lewis has had a bad weekend for some reason or the other. And actually, Canada sets up as being very interesting for the very reason that both uh, Valtteri and Lewis do well there. Well, let's talk about that. Let's look at Canada specifically and see why those drivers do there. Uh, Canada is often a very, very special race, Matt. Very much a power track, and it suits the drivers who are great on the brakes. Indeed, it does. And and it, it also will suit the Mercedes more. It will suit the Mercedes more than than Monaco did. But the issue that Mercedes has been having is primarily one of getting their tires front and rear in the what they call the operating window at the same time. 
Ferrari, on the other hand, has not had a problem with this at all. And again, with Montreal, we have the smoother asphalt and we have what they expect to be a very low degradation race where the difference will be made likely with the cars is going to be in the brakes and, um, and, and in the cooling of the brakes. So Mercedes also has the power advantage. It's a higher speed. It's mostly a high speed track with a few very slow corners. So we could see a much closer contest. The only thing that can make it very interesting is if it rains, but the probability of rain right now looks fairly low, unfortunately. So we're looking at a track that suits the teams with the good engines, with the power. And it's not just the power at the end of the straight. It's also about getting the power down in the slow corners. So you have to think about that Honda and Renault are really at a disadvantage. Honda, they're slow and exploding. Renault are just a little bit off the pace. Yeah, Renault are still, they haven't reached the point of parity that they did in the V8 era. And for those of you who are, are following along at home, you should know that, that Renault was not the dominant engine throughout the first, uh, it's three or four years of the V8s. And then they really got on top of it working with Red Bull. And then they became the um, juggernaut, shall we say? That's that right. His, his world championships. They very much dominated between 2010 and 2013, uh, but they are still off the pace here. So the cars that are running the Renault power unit in the back, because you can't call them engines anymore because they're hybrid petrol and electronic engines, are Red Bull, the Renault works team, and then McLaren are running the Honda engines. I would be very reluctant to put money down on any of those six drivers this weekend. Well, uh, outside of it raining, in which case I would certainly look to Hulkenberg to have a good finish. I, I would tend to agree with you. They are going to struggle more. You could look to Haas, for example, as being a midfield team that might do well with its Ferrari power unit. Um, I think you could probably count on Carlos Sainz to be in the top 10. And uh, you would think Force India was in definitely with a shout with a Mercedes donkey in the back. But the fact of the matter is it's a new track for Sebastian Ocon. And he does not always do well at brand new tracks. Oh, I have example, got, I have I got a <laughs> brand new track for him. Exactly. <laughs> well, I have got Ocon uh, featured in one of our bets coming up when we get to the specific bets that I'm going to recommend. And I'll see if you agree with me or not. But the, the race here is often very special. We might not get rain this weekend, but you nearly always get a safety car. Indeed. It's one of the highest probabilities of the year. 80% according to James Allen. Wow. And that. Well, that will make that will bring a lot of strategy into play. And if it's timed right, you could lose yourself the one pit stop you were going to make in its entirety in terms of its uh, counting against you and time loss. Yeah, that's right. So obviously, when you come in for a fresh set of tires, you lose an on-track advantage. If you can manage to do that during a safety car or a virtual safety car where they have to slow down, then they're penalized a lot less. But it's a big gamble for the teams of thinking when that safety car is going to come out. And at a track like this, you have to think when it's going to come out because specifically, Matt, we have the Wall of Champions just outside the final turn at the end of the final straight in Canada. Yes, although it is not just the Wall of Champions. Plenty of non-champions have driven straight into it as oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sainz seems to love that wall. He's uh, magnetized to it. But it's a very, very tricky chicane. And if you get it wrong, one or other of the curbs throws you out into the outside wall. And then you're right there stuck on the racing line. And there's often very little choice but to get the safety car out. And that, of course, bunches the field up. 
So what you'll often get is the strategy plays out. People are in their positions off the track. People are holding certain gaps. But then the safety car comes out. They're all bunched up. And what you effectively get is a sprint race to the end. And that's where F1 can sometimes be spectacular. Oh, yes, it can be. And it's also worth mentioning, too, that the start is such that it's much more likely to see overtaking and to turn two than it, it most other tracks, just the way the nature of the back and forth of it. Let's let you come up the inside and occupy the space and then just run your rival straight off. We've seen this the last two years. <laughs> turn, turn one is absolutely fantastic. We've seen some great three-way crashes and three-way battles into turn one. Also, there's a big grass runoff after turn one into turn two, which makes the drivers just that little bit braver. But this suits the late breakers, as we were saying earlier. And I know I said it's not worth betting on Lewis Hamilton, kind of is this week because Canada is a track that really suits him. He has forged his career on a being able to break later than anybody else, be able to get into the, the corner, break later, and then still manage to hold the corner on. And this is a perfect track to do that. Lewis Hamilton comes in at five to four to win the Grand Prix this weekend. Yeah. And at five to four, that's, that's not a terrible bet because he's absolutely capable of winning if they've got the car underneath him. Now we have learned that in the last, uh, in the two races where he has struggled, they were both down to some fairly minor, but fairly specific setup woes. In particular in Monaco, uh, apparently he sat in the pit long enough that he lost temperature in his tires. And that's why he was struggling more than uh, Valtteri was in Q2. But But there were also some mechanical setup differences as well. I think it's worth noting, though, that where Mercedes have struggled has been when it's hot. And in Monaco, it was hot. Is Canada ever hot? I've never been. Well, they're saying it was hot today on the Twitters, but we'll have to see what the actual forecast is when we get there. So that's worth noting. Let's just talk about weather for the people who uh, don't normally bet on Formula One and are just listening to us. So basically, if it rains in Formula One, that changes things a lot. That tends to favor the teams that have good uh, mechanical grip and aerodynamic downforce. And it takes away the power advantage that some of the teams have. So if it starts to rain, look towards your Red Bulls, perhaps your Toro Rossos to not have such a big disadvantage. And Red Bull, just so you know, guys, are famous, aren't they, Matt, for having excellent downforce? They are, but they do not have as much of it this year as they have had in years past. And and you would be mistaken to bet on any Red Bull other than maybe uh, Verstappen if it rains. But Verstappen, when it rains, seems to be something of a master because he is taking completely different lines in the wet to the other drivers. And Daniel Ricciardo, who is a great driver, is made to look ordinary in the wet when faced against Max Verstappen. Yes, I don't think there are too many people. Uh, Vettel is pretty decent in the wet. Hamilton, of course, is is also masterful in the wet. There's not too many people who can match Max, though. He, he still, he remembers his karting lines, which is what they call those different lines that keep your tires from burning up as the racing line dries up. Also, then, let's remember when it gets hot, it is suiting Ferrari this season. When it is cooler, it is suiting Mercedes. Mercedes tend to run better on the harder compound tires. And obviously, Ferrari have been better on the softer compound tires. And uh, and that is where the temperatures might favor one team or another. Because it, it is needle thin between those two teams up at the front, between Sebastian Vettel in his Ferrari and Lewis Hamilton in his Mercedes when we're talking about raw pace. All right, Matt, we love Force India. As a midfield team, we think that they are the absolute 
Mm, what's a not rude word to say? We like them a lot, and they have the Mercedes power unit. They may do very, very well here, where downforce is not so much of an issue. Yeah, well, it's not just downforce. It's a lot of things. They had actually done very, very well with double points finishes until they got to Monaco, which was just a disaster for them. So they're going to be looking to recoup some of their lost points. And Perez, in particular, is a very good driver. And they're very, very good on the tires, which will let them either do an undercut, which means you come in early and gain time on your rivals that way, uh, and then run a very large number of laps. So they have a lot of strategic flexibility with him because he's very, very good at looking after the tires. Exactly. So they have a bigger pit window in which they could pit. So if you fancy a bet on Sergio Perez to end up going on the podium, you've got 25 to 1. And as we know, Matt, when a podium's on offer... He somehow, in those big pressure situations, seems to be the driver that delivers. Yeah, he's eminently capable of putting a car on the podium if he's left in that position and if Massa is not nearby him. (laughs) Yes, fair, fair, fair enough. But uh, Canada is also very hard on the brakes. As you know, we have the safe. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So there is high attrition. So I think a 25 to 1 bet on Perez, um, don't bet your mortgage on it, but that is a bet that is possible. And at 25 to 1, it's good going. Can you guess what his teammate, Ocon, who you fancy, his rookie teammate, is coming in at to do the same thing? I'd put it at probably 40 to 1. 80 to 1, I am finding on Paddy Power this week. So I think we know Ocon is talented. We know Ocon can keep the pace, but it does seem like he is just that step behind Perez at every point. 
well, again, if this were a track that he knew well, having raced it in a GP2 or a GP3, I, I would I would expect those odds to be tighter. He is a rookie, so you have to give him... He will not do as well as Perez just for that reason, but he's never raced here before, and that puts you at a significant disadvantage. Okay, so as we said earlier, there's an 80% chance of a safety car if you look at the historical facts of things. I think this year, with cars being harder to handle and faster, it's it really is a very, very good chance of there being a safety car, and that is 4 to 11. So if you're the kind of person who likes that job security kind of bet, uh, you know, your sensible ISA, your endowment policy, then that might be a good one. Yes, for a safety car, 4 to 11 with Paddy Power. Uh, for there to be a safety car at any point during the race. But Matt, let's talk about the first car to retire. Now, I've actually got Williams as the first car to retire, and I'm looking at Lance Stroll to have a points finish because it really could go either way with the young man in that car. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he certainly managed to not crash in Monaco. Well done, Lance. So, so you have to hand it to him. That is a hard track. It is the drivers tend to revere that track as being a true test of driving. And until he got stuck behind the safety car and lost all the temperatures in his brakes, you know, he, he, he had managed to avoid the, the disaster that had befallen others. On the other hand, he did burn up his brakes behind the safety car, and that was why he had to retire. And Canada is particularly hard on the brakes. So... If there's a safety car, it will probably not do him any favors. And it's also his home Grand Prix, which is usually a good indication that someone will do something stupid and spectacular at the same time. Exactly. So, I mean, Lance Stroll, 6-1 to one to be the first driver to retire. I don't think that's a bad shout at all. Uh, but also, I know this sounds like a contradiction, but not a bad shout at 6-4 to four to finish in the points because the Williams car with the Mercedes power unit is a top 10 car at this circuit this year. Yeah, I would say absolutely it is. With the Mercedes and, you know, now they have Patty Lowe there running things. They haven't really seemed to make much progress, but the, the basic car is there and the it's a medium downforce circuit. So they ought to be more competitive than at some of the other tracks. So caution warning for anybody thinking of betting on Mercedes, uh, on sorry, on Williams with the Mercedes power unit. I'll be clear that my opinion is that they have made a mistake with their driver lineup from a competitive point of view. Now, let's remember that Lance Stroll has paid a reported 35 million euros for his place at that seat. And that seat stipulates that he must have a veteran driver there who can coach him, which is Felipe Massa. In my opinion, Matt, though those are two drivers that are both off the ultimate pace of what that car can deliver. Yeah, Massa less so than than Stroll, but you have to to really work the math out. You have to go look at well, what's the difference in the uh, in the prize money uh, between the points he's going to lose for being a rookie and the amount he brings in. And with Massa being fairly consistent in the points, I'm I'm still not sure that you would get more money with a better driver. A better driver with the same amount of sponsorship, however, would be a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. They do exist, but not to the magnitude that the Stroll Billions can provide. I've got two bets left for you, Matt, that I want your opinion on. Okay, firstly, it's going to be out and out which team is going to have the winning driver. So we have Mercedes at 8-11 to 11 
actually the favourites this time around uh, to have the winning driver with Ferrari at 11 to 10. Now, it could just be that it's a power circuit and Mercedes have an advantage there, but it could be because Kimi Raikkonen is pretty much considered the fourth best of those top four drivers, if I may be kind. Yeah, I think if you're thinking probabilistically, the the two Mercedes drivers are more consistent overall over their career than Raikkonen and Vettel. Vettel is very consistent. Raikkonen can be either good or bad. On the other hand, Raikkonen looked pretty good in Monaco. And if the car continues to treat him well, I don't know. I, I still think the, the issue overall is that the Ferrari has the better chassis at the moment and they're better with the tires. So if there's unexpected environmental conditions on the day of qualifying or the day of racing, they will have a distinct advantage over the Mercedes. And with respect, my American friend, I am going to disagree with you slightly. Yes, what you're saying about the car is correct, but I think Kimi Raikkonen is cooked. He is spent as a Formula One force. In my mind, Ferrari have one chance to win. Mercedes have two chances to win. So I think that at, what did I say it was? At 8-11, to 11, Mercedes having the winning driver is a very, very decent bet. Here's the last one, Matt. And I think that I've been a bit of a clever clogs here. I am going to recommend a bet of 5-4 to four that the winning margin will be less than 5 seconds. Ooh. Now then, here's oh. my logic. This year, it's harder to pass than any Formula 1 race this century. For any Formula 1 season this century, it's harder to pass. The cars generate more downforce. So the chances of a faster car coming up behind the lead car yet not being able to pass are actually pretty high. Yeah, it is harder to pass. Um, and the passing we've seen has been more interesting because of the way DRS has interacted with the uh, basic, basically the increased downforce of the cars. Um, and and I, see, I see where you're coming from, from the five seconds. The, the mitigating factor for me is at a certain point, they decide it's not worth it to chase the points, but it's more important to save the engines because of the engine regulations specifying you only get four power units per year to um, that have to last the full season. So at a certain point, if you're if you're Hamilton chasing Vettel or Vettel chasing Hamilton and you realize the pass isn't on, everybody just kind of turns their engines down and saves, which oddly is similar to cycling when they will ride along in a big group for a long time, not really going that fast because everybody is sort of like, yeah, well, no one's going to be doing anything in this particular setting. Matt Trumpets talks about cycling. Everybody take a drink in the Missed Apex podcast bingo. On YouTube, they're asking us if we do any NASCAR breakdowns. I'm not a big uh, fan of NASCAR, simply from the ignorance of being over at this side of the pond. Are you a fan of NASCAR, Matt? You know, I used to watch it quite a bit, um, but I used to watch it when people like Richard Petty drove in it. So that probably tells you something about me. I don't know. It sounds intriguing. Maybe we should look into it. So it looks like we're going to have to stick for Formula One for now. Guys, I hope you have enjoyed our breakdown of the Canadian Grand Prix. And I hope some of our bets will help you to have fun, increase your enjoyment and maybe pick up the odd dollar or two. Matt, I know you're not a huge gambler, but how did you enjoy laying down those uh, those odds and those predictions for our friends at Sportsbook Review? 
I actually rather enjoy it. It makes for an interesting conversation and forces you to think differently about what might happen in the race. Yeah, it does. It kind of forces you to put your pennies down. And that's what I always do with my whose fault is this section. People think I'm just being pedantic, but actually being forced to make a decision makes you kind of, you know, really like think, okay, well, where do I put my cojones in this situation? Indeed. Although you're also being pedantic. Yeah, okay, that's true. But Matthew, I'm going to now play you for the first time a couple of minutes of the interview that Jake Sanson had with Murray Walker, and he had an absolutely great selfie. Sorry, not a selfie. He had a great photo with Murray Walker, and he went, by the way, guess who took the picture? Only Nigel Mansell. Uh, Inveterate name dropper that he is. Hey, I would do exactly the same thing if that was me in a situation being uh, having a hero of mine take a photo of me with Murray Walker would be absolutely fantastic. So listen to what Murray has to say. And if you want to catch that full interview, why not go and subscribe to Downforce UK on your podcatcher and listen to Pitboard on Wednesday, where Jake will give you the full interview, talks a little bit about um, his career and also a bit about motorsport in general, including motorbikes of all things. Witchcraft. So we're here at the Motorsport Hall of Fame. Earlier in the year, we spoke to one of my boyhood heroes, Damon Hill, and now we have the other one, which is Murray Walker, OBE, is with us. Murray, thank you so much for talking to us. My pleasure. Lovely evening. And of course, a lot of our listeners still very much miss you. We love the fact that you're still involved with Formula One. Uh, obviously, things have changed a lot since the last time you were full-time in motor racing, particularly this year. We've got a bit of a fight on our hands again with the likes of Lewis Hamilton versus Sebastian Vettel. It's almost the fight everyone's been waiting for from these two. How are you enjoying it so far? I'm enjoying it very much indeed. Uh, I make no bones about it. I want uh, Vettel to win the World Championship this year. Not because I've got anything against Lewis Hamilton, who is a very nice bloke and has been very, very successful. But Vettel drives for Ferrari, and Ferrari have not been doing well recently. And Formula One is Ferrari, and Ferrari is Formula One. Uh, and it, they desperately need each other and to be successful. And they are now being successful again, and they deserve it. And I wish them well, and I hope they win the championship. And of course, Formula One has changed a lot in the last even 16 years since you were last full-time with ITV. Are you surprised by the direction Formula One is going? Now that we have Liberty Media in and the people involved, including Ross Braun, now masterminding Formula One back to where we hope it's going to be full-time, do you think that's the right direction? Do you think things are getting back to the way it should be? Well, <clears throat> Formula One was, until the beginning of this year, Bernie Ecclestone. And I won't hear a word against Bernie. Formula One wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for Bernie Ecclestone. He's led from the front for years and years and years. He's been into everything. Yes, he's made himself very wealthy from Formula One, but he's made a lot of other people very wealthy too. However, Bernie is getting on. And um, I think Liberty are doing a very good job. They seem to have the right ideas and to be implementing the right ideas and give them a little time. They're going to change Formula One a lot, but I think it's going to be for the better and not for the worse. It's, it's in very good shape as far as I'm concerned, and it's going to get better. Well, that was difficult for me to hear, Matt. I can't believe that Murray Walker doesn't want Lewis Hamilton to win this year's title. Ow, that hurts. Yeah, but the reason he doesn't want him to win is because it's going to be very good for the sport as a whole. 
to have a boring four-time world champion become a five-time world champion. No, I'm throwing my teddies out of the pram. But how great is it to have Murray Walker chatting to Downforce Radio? And thanks to Jake for letting us use that bit of audio as well. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. But I will point out, it's not Vettel. He wants Ferrari to win. All I heard was not Lewis Hamilton. Yes, I know. Blah, 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 ginger. And it is interesting as well to see how much respect he has for Bernie Eccleston. Obviously, easy for us to say he was bad for the sport, etc. But I guess he watched Formula One come from very, very little. uh, And all that was, you know, masterminded by Mr. Eccleston. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was not there in the late 60s, the early 70s, or even the 80s, really very much at all, except for briefly with Mario Andretti. And and I have never been one to say that Bernie hasn't done a lot to build the sport up. But if you look at the past easily 10 years, if not 15, I mean, you could even go back to the TV agreement if you want to. It's hard to get the it's hard to get away from the sense that at a certain point, his interests overrode those of the sport, his commercial interests did. That's absolutely fair. And you know what? I'm even going to forgive Murray Walker because for me, growing up in the 80s and 90s, Murray Walker was Formula One. He was our conduit to this magical world of motor racing. And I'm so glad that he's still knocking about and talking about Formula One with passion. Indeed, if we consider things people of his era frequently say in interviews and in public, I'd have to say he did a very good job of not being the least bit embarrassing. You're right, he did. Guys, enjoy the Canadian Grand Prix and we will see you for a very late Canadian Grand Prix review show. Not so late for you though, Matt. No, no. Although I would actually like this one earlier as I have a Tony party to attend shortly thereafter. I know, life is difficult. I mean, yeah, I've got stuff to do. I mean, yeah, you're not the only one with plans. I've got a book, Ready Player One. I'm reading at the moment. I gave up, though. I bought the audiobook. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.